EPA needs people to communicate those um, end of pipeline results mm-hmm. out to stakeholders and they need people to run the business models behind the scenes and, and do the administrative work that keeps the teams on track. So you're going to find everything from looking for tox- people with toxicology experience over to people with communications experience to people with website experience, back to the other side with data modeling and computer science, engineering, chemistry. I mean, you name it. It's kind of a laundry list of opportunities that we have. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. I'm your host, Michael Holtz, as always, from the Communications and Marketing Department here at ORU. And today I'm excited to talk about a program that doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of attention, but is really exciting and really important to us. It's the EPA National Student Services Contract Um where we put people to work for the Environmental Protection Agency. And the guests that I have with me today are the experts and um, project managers extraordinaire for the EPA National Services Contract, Karen Cleveland and Jerry Philpot. Welcome to Further Together, the ORE podcast. Hi, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Great to have you. Um, Karen and Jerry, if you would, Tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do for ORU. Um, Karen, I'll start with you. Okay. Thank you, Michael. I'll give you a few thumbnails. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. <laughs> um, and, and I'll give you the, uh, the view from 40,000 feet. Um, out of college, I started with a major U.S. airline working in customer service on the front lines. There is no uh, better way to learn customer service than in the airline industry. Love that. Love that. Um, Saw the world. Moved over to work for a land-grant university. Go Vols. And if you didn't catch that call out, I worked for the University of Tennessee um, in Knoxville. Worked in the president's office and around campus, learned the administrative roles. Love the vibe of university life, but was poached away by someone at ORAU. There was an open position to work with a federal customer of ORAUs embedded at their um, their site. And I worked with about 300 postdocs, did a little bit of recruiting, coordinating, and um, became the face of ORAU at that facility. Really loved it. Got tapped to start a new piece of business at ORAU 1 in 2015, the National Student Services Contract. Uh, with EPA. So uh, I've been working on the contract since 2015. We've had just an upward trajectory since day one. And um, I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about it in in a few minutes. Awesome. Jerry. Okay. Um, So I started out 
my career actually in as a psychology major, but I did a lot of animal behavior work. And then I moved on and worked at everything, everywhere from Disney's Animal Kingdom to the Smithsonian Institution. Oh, my gosh. And I ended up getting a master's in environmental science. And from there, I actually moved more kind of into the professional development realm, managing international professional development programs and then um, a professional development program for the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. And then I moved around a little bit more and I ended up at the University of Kentucky. So sorry, Karen, it's a little <laughs> bit of competition with your balls there, but uh, ended up at the University of Kentucky for almost eight years teaching some environmental science classes and advising environmental science students. Uh, from there, I moved on to ORAU. I've been with the company about four years and a little more than a year ago, I started working with Karen on the EPA's National Student Services contract, and I work on several other of our uh, tech staffing programs. So I was really happy to, to move over to the environmental side, and I'm really happy to be working with Karen. She's amazing with this program. Hey, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think you're both awesome, and I'm glad that we're here to talk about the EPA National Student Services Contract. Let's start with what the heck is this? What When we talk about the EPA National Student Services Contract, what are we talking about? Well, I can give you the elevator pitch and then I'll let Jerry unpack it. Sorry to put you on the spot, Jerry. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me, let me tell you um, what, our, what our elevator pitch is and, and then we can talk about it. So ORAU recruits and hires long-term temporary contractors to work on-site uh, at the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Office of Research and Development under the um, National Student Services Contracting Authority. So there it is, Michael, you asked. <laughs> All the and, words, right? And there. just, just you know, basically we, ORAU, does the recruiting, relationship building, finds the perfect candidate, um, proposes them to the EPA project team, they accept the candidate, and we do all of the um, onboarding and the life cycle maintenance for that individual. So that, that's at a high level. Awesome. So on a day-to-day -day level, um, I mean, basically, we're putting people to work for the EPA um, at various of their facilities um, doing really interesting work. So talk about um, what some of that is like, some of the some of the kinds of positions and opportunities that we um, we you all help. Bill for the EPA. Well, I could take part of that one. I think um, there are, Karen could give some really good specific examples, but some of the big overlying things that uh, qualify somebody for the program is that we, we're looking for the people within two years of graduation. Okay. And that's with graduating with a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or even a PhD. And we do actually have some positions that are for current students who are currently pursuing a degree, but each of our different jobs is unique and they each have kind of their own uh, qualifications that are needed for it. 
And we're talking about young scientists, early career scientists, but also professionals, because not all of the roles are scientific in nature, right? You did your homework, Michael. That's <laughs> yeah. So, so aside from you know the hardcore science um, degrees and and disciplines that we recruit, there's also need for supporting the scientists in roles of you know business and communications and policy. So, you know things that are done in the laboratories and the data crunching and so forth. Um, EPA needs people to communicate those um, end of pipeline results mm -hmm. out to stakeholders and they need people to run the business models behind the scenes and, and do the administrative work that keeps the teams on track. Right. Yeah. So you're going to find everything from looking for tox people with toxicology experience over to people with communications experience to people with website experience back to the other side with data modeling and computer science, engineering, chemistry. I mean, you name it, it's kind of a laundry list of opportunities that we have. And there are always opportunities, right? I mean, there are always seems like there are opportunities at the EPA through this, through the National Student Services Program. Well, think about, think about the environment. I mean, every time you turn around, there's a new concern and you're right, Michael. Um, the 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 positions are plentiful because the work is always expanding, and um, it's a thrill for us and our team to look for those candidates that can that can collaborate at EPA and um, help on uh, these these problems that we're faced with, and you know it the the candidates that we bring on board the intrinsic. Uh, ability to pick up and add to um, these problems and to see it, see their work make a difference uh, is amazing. When you all are looking for folks to fill these opportunities, what are you looking for? I think a lot of that, it depends on the actual opportunity. Um, and you mentioned us getting, uh, having like a variety of opportunities, we get new ones all the time. And usually what happens as soon as EPA tells us that they have a need, we get it posted and our recruiting team starts to work on it immediately. And we're going after exactly kind of the skills and experience in the education from what EPA is looking for. So we're looking for a little, a little of everything depending on the job, but I think some of really important things are, um, you know, soft skills and things that um, kind of translate well through the interview process, making sure that, you know, people are just checking the website all the time to see when we have new opportunities up and then kind of following through because we are, our recruiters are go-getters and we are trying right. to find those people for EPA and get them on board as soon as possible. So whereas some jobs you may hear, oh, I didn't hear back from them for, you know, three months, four months, five months, we're looking at a very short turnaround time where you will hear back from our recruiters if you are qualified for the position. I was just going to ask that. I, I know that the turnaround time is short, so you sort of have to be aware of who's in the pool 
right? So you're always sort of recruiting folks to be in the wider pool because when those specific opportunities come along and they say, we have a specific need for somebody to do X, you need to go fishing as quickly as possible, right? Right. And, and the great thing about um, our team and ORAU managing this contract for EPA for so long is that we know the project teams around the country. We know what kind of, like Jerry mentioned, those soft skills. We know the candidates that will fit well. And um, we're also constantly building relationships with um, candidates that um, may have missed maybe a first round cut. We may keep them around in our, in our, on the, on the front burner for positions we know are going to come up in the short term. It's all about relationship building and um, making that perfect match on behalf of our customer. And I think we do an extremely good job at that, Michael. I'm going to pat our team on the back because here's what happens so many times. Um, Either the candidate that we place into a position on a team turns to a federal uh, EPA employee. That means EPA snatches them because they see the value <laughs> in the individual and, and they they work so well with the team. Um, or our, our hires go on to other government jobs or industry jobs, and they're setting the pace for research going forward at other, uh, other entities. So it's very rewarding. Wow, and you're, you're constantly feeling um, which, of course, is a huge part of our overall mission as an organization to be building that scientific pipeline for the country, you know, that to keep scientists and other professionals coming into yeah. not only the EPA, but other organizations. You know, one of our um, leadership at uh, ORAU shared an interesting statistics just this week. It was the federal workforce's um, age composition right now um, for the age group of say 20 to 30, that age group only uh, comprises 15% of the overall federal population. Wow. Tiny, tiny. So you're right. We're trying to grow that number so that, um, the legacy scientists have somebody coming up behind them to pick up the ball and keep the research going. It's really, it has to be really exciting and um, fulfilling work for both of you and for the recruiting team to see that success. Talk about that. Just the, the, some of the successes they have, if you can. I think one thing I can think of, it's it's always the team of us, we're in a group chat and we're always talking to each other and working together. And it seems to be weekly, we get emails from somebody saying like, oh, I was just hired here, or I was just hired there, or I just published a paper and you know they're in publications, they're working on policy, they're working in the labs, they're working with those renowned scientists at EPA. Um, and the policymakers at EPA. So it seems to be all the time we're getting those kind of like good feeling emails coming in from our employees, just saying what a difference this experience meant to them and how much it helped build their resume and kind of get their foot in the door to get some experience in a federal agency. That is so awesome. And that has to make all of you feel so good, right? About the work that you're doing and um, 
hearing those, hearing and reading those kind of messages that, you know, people are succeeding and doing great things um, right. once they sort of get that foot in the door. We check in with um, the mentors uh, 30, 60, 90 days after we hire in um, someone onto a project team. And the mentors overwhelmingly tell us that, you know, we hit the target. We we found the perfect person to uh, match the skills that were needed and to exceed expectations. And that, you know, that is so... Um, rewarding. We we know that we're hitting the right uh, candidates, uh, Mark, we're hitting the right mark right. to get the right person into the job, into the pipeline, and um, help these teams in their collaborations. And you talked about mentors. I think it's important for folks to know these are mentored experiences. You know, you're not just sort of going blindly, you know, into right. an experience. You have a mentor that you're working with. Talk about the value and the importance of mentorship in these experiences. Jerry, you want to? Yeah. I, I can take, I can take okay. it. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it's extremely important. So these are ORU employees. So technically they report to Karen and um, they're doing all of the kind of the HR stuff on our side, but they're doing that day-to-day -day work located at an EPA office. And it's everywhere from Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, to Rhode Island, to Florida, out to Oregon, Oklahoma, Ohio, Minnesota, like all across the United States. Right. And in each of those locations, the one constant, um, the one the one constant, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the one constant <laughs> is that mentorship is that they have a task leader at the EPA who is responsible for their day-to-day -day work as far as, you know, giving them that work, checking in with them, making sure that they are learning and growing while also kind of providing that service to the EPA and really helping them in their research or in their policy or in their communications, you know, whatever the job may be. They're working one-on-one -on -one with those um, mentors at EPA. And, and most of the mentors are in a leadership position on these projects. So that that's very desirable when we're talking to candidates because I'll tell them, you're not going to be working with somebody down the hall and around the corner and never be you know involved in what's happening holistically on the project. You're going to be you're going to be involved in everything. You're going to see a global view. Your mentor is going to be, um, you know, like I said, in a leadership position. They're going to take your collaboration very seriously. And um, more, more times than not, well, number one, you have to volunteer to be a mentor, right? You have okay. to want to do this. And yeah, that, that takes a special quality of person who wants to share and, and remembers when they were in that um that part of their career first, you know, uh, coming out of their university and, and learning. And so the mentors that we work with and Jerry and I and our team talk to them um, daily, uh, they're, they're just wonderful people. I, I can't say enough about it. I think that makes my job um, easy because I know when we let go of our, our new hires onto these teams, 
we know they're going to be taken care of. And um, we take an exit interview from everyone that leaves the contract. And I would say we're very, very high 90 percentile in the overwhelmingly positive remarks about the teams, the mentors, and the collaboration. That is great news. That's really exciting. So you're hitting the mark not only for the mentors, but for the for the students and the, the employees as well. Right. Yeah. And Michael, you were mentioning the success stories earlier. We have a lot of former employees that were in this NSSC program that have gone on to become mentors. So oh, that's awesome. start off in the program, they get hired as a federal employee at the EPA, and then eventually they become a mentor themselves. So it's kind of full cycle. And that speaks to the quality of the program. If you were a student and an employee, and now you're mentoring sort of the next generation or the next round of, of student employees coming through there. So um, that's exciting too. <laughs> so, man, it just sounds like such a great program. Um, and I'm glad we have the opportunity to, to talk about it. Is there anything I haven't asked you that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we talk about? I well, think, go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Um, one thing that I, I believe a lot of people ask us, and it's almost an immediate question that a lot of just job seekers are looking right now, is that the first thing they ask us is, are these remote positions? Can I work from home full time? And um, that's not a case with these. We do have, there is some flexibility. It totally depends on the individual job. Obviously, if your job tasks are to work in a lab, you're going to be in that lab five Absolutely. days a week. But there are some positions that our folks get to um, go into the office a couple of days a week and are at home working from home the rest of the days a week. But everybody's kind of located within commuting distance to their assigned location. To a facility of, of some yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it does have some flexibility. So that's kind of a, you know, a great thing for folks who are just graduating and don't quite want to be in an office maybe five days a week. Um, or for the ones who do want to be in the office, they know if they're getting one of those lab positions, they are going to be there with <laughs> those scientists every day. Absolutely. Anything else? Oh, I was just going to say in closing that, you know, if you if you love the EPA, you love the environment, you want to work with the best group of uh, collaborators and communicators, we can help you find a, find a position at uh, EPA under this contract. We'd be happy to talk to anyone who, who has that, um, that in their DNA. That's what we're looking for. Awesome. And I will put a link to y'all's webpage in the show notes for this episode so that folks can find you um, if they're listening and they decide, hey, I want to give that a try. So, um, and as again, let's not, un let's underscore the point. There are opportunities available right now <laughs> for yeah, folks to, to go work for the EPA under this contract. Absolutely. And one of the things when you, when people go to that job list, say they're not graduating till May, we generally have a job posting out there that's just kind of a general posting for people who are graduating in the future. Okay. So you can apply now, have your name on our list so that we will go back to you when you graduate and say, hey, look, we have a job available. So that way it kind of hits it from both sides. 
we're reminding you. And then you can also check back and look at jobs, you know, monthly to see what new ones are posted. Awesome. It sounds like a great opportunity if you're out there and you're looking um, and you want to go to work for the EPA, as Karen said, this is a great opportunity to do it. So check out the webpage in the show notes. Karen Cleveland and Jerry Philpott, thank you so much for joining me and for talking about the EPA National Student Services contract. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORAU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.